What up, though? Before we jump into this week's episode, um, just want to catch up to speed real quick. Um, yes, I'm still doing podcasts. Yes, you'll get it back um, weekly. Um, unintentional two-week break for the most part. Um, my schedule has changed, so my recording days have changed. and Sometimes they, they um, don't meet up with like my body <laughs> for the most part. Um, so, yes, everything is going to be back on schedule. Um, don't worry. You feel me? I got y'all. It's going to be a, a piping hot summer. Pause. <laughs> but now I'm going in all summer. You feel me? I got a lot going on. In the meantime, I was doing stuff related to the brand, coming up with different ideas, moving forth with things outside of the podcasting part of the brand. Um I got some shit coming, limited shit coming. My ideas are, are are coming together a lot better than I would have thought they would have. So we got it. And, um, you know, I want to uh, give a moment of silence for uh, G-Songs and my um, Sid, man. Uh, shout out to Sid, man. Um. Man, yo, I, I'm still in disbelief. Um, Sid was a good man. Yo, I watched him grow up. Um, known Sid since he was like in middle school, and he's doing was great for himself. Uh, you know, my condolences to um, Corey's mom and, and her family. And uh, you know, just give a moment of silence. Thank y'all. God bless. Let's have fun all summer. Baltimore County forever. Baltimore County forever. And welcome back to another installment of Baltimore County Forever podcast. What up, though? This is... Fuck it. Welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, about three... <laughs> this would be two weeks without an episode. I was just doing shit. I'm just doing shit. Uh, schedule changed, so now I gotta record. Um, on probably like Fridays, and I still release on Saturdays. But how y'all been? Shout out to the uh to the um to the squad. Uh, Stacy and Norm. Um, on this week's episode, we have brought back, kind of like back for the first time, in a sense. Uh, we got Elaine, the host of Laptop Chronicles. What's up? Chilling, bro. You know, Man. podcasting, doing my thing. Man, so what? What got you? Uh, what? What was it that initially was like? I want to do a po- first off. What is the podcast about? <clears throat> All right, so the podcast is called the Laptop Chronicles, and it kind of started off as a joke because people that know me know that I dabble in quite a few shenanigans, <laughs> and so it kind of started off. Kind of as a joke, like, all right, I'm going to talk about porn. And then, thanks to you, um, you kind of gave me the, you know, the battery in my back to to even start it. And what I figured was, a lot of people talk about a lot of the same things in different ways. And um, especially when it comes to um, people of color, we don't talk about our sexuality in a public forum. Um, So I just kind of wanted to bring something different to the masses and um 
I just jumped on there, started started talking about stuff, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback. A lot of people hit me up. Well, we need to talk about this, talk about that, and um, I think it's actually freeing for a lot of people because you know they they kind of feel like their their ideas, their feelings, or whatever, um, are repressed. So me talking about whatever it is that I talk about. You know, they, you know, they hit me up. Oh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that and I was feeling that way and this way. So it's just a way for me to talk about something different. Um, You know, I hope everybody likes it. And, uh, yeah. Right. Um, I'm on the this week's episode. And it, it, it gets gets kind of crazy. What? How did you come up with the title for that episode? Because <laughs> <laughs> I seen it. I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Um. A lot of it is memes and stuff that I find all over social media. And so, um, because this week's episode was about music and, uh, you know, about porn music and then music um, and sex and uh, hip-hop culture, I remember I had a, I saved a picture from when um, um, Uncle Luke used to have a show on, I think he used to come on HBO. Really? Yeah. And Damn. he would interview people. And if you look at the picture, it's, it's Uncle Luke and Lil' Kim. They're doing the interview. Yeah. But if you look <laughs> in the back, <laughs> somebody getting their cheeks clapped. And so it was just was like beats and back, throw, and back shots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it just I just kind of sit on on an idea for a minute. And then um, next thing I know, it all just comes together. Um. So uh, is that taken from... The same show that you ever seen that Jay Z interview with Uncle Luke and Jay Z just look wild uncomfortable. That was that was the same the same show. Yeah, I know <laughs> the exact picture. <laughs> he just look at his bitches just shaking their ass and shit and hold just like I shouldn't be here right yeah, now. Yeah, so you know <laughs> with the time that we was doing. Okay, she's shaking her ass. Hey, wild here. Oh, so let's let's do a little let's. Catch him up a little bit. It's been about two weeks. But speaking of Hove, Hove has become a billionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the rundown of him being a billionaire is it's uh, it's crazy. Like, um, first off, did you see this coming? 96 Hove, 97 Hove, 98, 99 Hove becoming a billionaire in 2019. Uh, billionaire... No, I would have thought that uh, uh, P. Diddy or Puffy, um, I actually thought Dr. Dre was the first billionaire. Yeah. I thought he made, I thought he made billionaire status when he did that deal with Apple. Yeah, but remember Tyrese fucked it up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I thought, well, um, did you see the uh, HBO thing? thing? Yeah, the HBO thing. I seen parts of it. Okay, well, I thought, yeah, because they did talk about Tyrese fucked it up. But then I thought somebody pulled Drake to the side. was like, yo, man, you need to keep it low. And then they went back and reworked the deal on the on the, on the the low. So mm. Drake still made that money. But um, 96, 97 hole, nah, I wouldn't have thought he would have been a billionaire. I, I saw it coming probably after The Rock broke up. Mm. When he was just doing mad deals, the Live Nation deal. Um... What else did he do? Um, let's see, Live Nation, 
and then they did the the the, the sports. Oh, Rock, Rock Nation Sports. Rock Nation Sports, and they signed all those athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's talking about Kyrie just left his manager, uh, and he's eyeing to go over there to Rock Nation Sports. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And they got some some hell of athletes yeah, over there. They got uh, KD's over there. Robinson Cano. Yeah. Uh, CC Sabathia. Yeah, that's who it is. Um, I think they got a couple boxers over there. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of fucking they boxers. Got a lot actually, of, yeah. So I, I definitely saw it because. And actually, I remember remember when Beanie Siegel was on trial, mm-hmm. and I remember Beanie Siegel got mad at Jay Z because he said when he got to court, uh, Jay Z was there, and the judge asked him, "Do you feel comfortable?" What well, the the judge was talking to Jay Z, and the judge said, "Do do you feel comfortable with me releasing Beanie Siegel to you?" And Jay-Z said no. And Beanie Siegel got mad. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh, that's my man. He's supposed to hold me down. But in the end, I remember reading Jay-Z's response. And his response was, you got this dude that's a wild card. That's a street dude. And he was like, I can't have somebody like that on my team. And I'm I'm signing these corporate deals. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was, man, what was that? Like, 04, 05? Yeah. So I kind of I kind of peeped it then, like, all right, he's going for the big money. He's mm-hmm. going for the for the boardroom money. So, excuse me. So yeah, I definitely saw it coming. Probably about oh four, oh five, oh six. But ninety six, hope ninety seven, hope nah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought he'd have made billionaire status. I didn't. I wouldn't. I didn't even think he was really gonna last this long in the in the business. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know who I thought would have been uh, a billionaire? Master P. Mm-hmm. Um, just by his his business suave the deals. Or even shit, even Birdman. It's just like those those iconic deals in the nineties, the eighty twenty deals or the eighty five fifteen deals that they were getting. It it just like after a while, it's like, what happened that you guys couldn't get there? Like, is it the trend? The the southern? It was more like a trend. Like, and after a while, people stopped really fucking with it. Uh, I I want to say with with Birdman. I think it was just too much street shit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not to put judgment on anybody, but um, I think at one point, like, Birdman and his brother had signed a deal where they were talking about getting, uh, they were getting into the oil business, and, um, you know, Master P had real estate, he had all this and that, but I really think, like, in Birdman's case, I think, you know, when you going into a, into a boardroom, like, we, we want to be accepted for who we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether we from um, the Ninth Ward of New Orleans, whether you from the east side of Detroit, the west side of Chicago, but there is a certain decorum which comes with signing these deals. Mm-hmm. So I think with like Birdman, you can't go into a boardroom. You got tattoos like all on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Master P, he had the, you know, the gold fronts, even though he took them out. Mm-hmm. Which, side note, Master P is tall as shit. He is. Like a motherfucker. Like, like he's like a small forward height. Yeah. Like. I saw him in the airport and I was like, yo, my man is big. And um, but I, I just think it was a certain decorum that they didn't have. And that, that kind of took them away from elevating to a certain business status. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it was. Alright, um, I see that T Greasley. Greasy, Greasy. Grizz, uh, Grizzly. Grizzly. Grizzly? Yeah. T. Grizzly? Yeah, T. Yeah. Grizzly. T. Grizzly has dropped a, a new album. 
for the most part, entirely produced by Timberland. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good records. Uh, it's a different sound for him. Um, apparently, he's coming out with a video game. Um, that looks pretty dope. Uh, the graphics are kind of like you know computer graphics. So I'm assuming that it'll be a computer game. It's not up there with like games you would have on PS3, PS4. I'm sorry, PS4, Xbox, shit like that. But um, you're from Detroit. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about him as an artist? And does he reflect Detroit? Oh, he definitely reflects reflects Detroit. Okay, through and through. Um, like I mean, Detroit is just like Baltimore. Okay, it's a gritty city. You got, you know, a lot of shit goes down. Um, I'll be honest, I, I'm not really a fan of that that offbeat flow. That offbeat, then get it back on track real fucking fast yeah. and shit. Yeah. I, so I've, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really a fan of his flow. Okay. But his grind is ridiculous. I never forget, uh, you know, being in Detroit when I was there, uh, me and my man uh, Trez, Every time we would go, you know, we get a break, we go walking around or whatever. We see him in the airport. Like, really? We, we see him two, three times a week. So, and this was back in like 2015 and 2016. So I think he had he had just got out of jail. He was just getting his career on track. Mm-hmm. So he was flying everywhere doing shows. So his grind, mm-hmm. you gotta respect that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think his situation, him coming up, you know, his court case and all this and that. You know, he took it as an opportunity, like, all right, I'm here, I'm making I'm making it, I'm making this money, I'm making these moves, so I'm just going to keep going to the point where he where he's at now. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never been a fan of, of his, his flow, but his grind mm-hmm. is ridiculous. So how do you feel about artists like that, the way he raps, and him having production by Timberland? Um, the, uh, is it a fitting marriage? I, I think so. Because Timberland, his beats have always like his his beats like like you 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 know a Timberland beat, mm-hmm. but I think he's able to adapt to who's ever mm-hmm. who's ever rhyming on his beats. Um, so I don't you know it's it's definitely I think it's I think it's a challenge for Timberland, mm-hmm. but you know Timberland's been around. 25, 30 years, yeah. probably even Hell longer. Yeah, point there. Yeah. So he knows how to make beats mm-hmm. for. Remember when um, uh, they were showing kind of like back, like, you know, footage of uh, Jay Z in the studio and Timberland was like, all right, I got this beat. Mm-hmm. And he put it on and Jay Z was like, nah, I'm not feeling that. Mm-hmm. And then Timberland was like, all right, wait, hold on, I got something else. He did something on the boards. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, he had another beat. Mm-hmm. Jay Z was like, "Nah, I'm not really feeling that." He went through like four beat changes, mm-hmm. and Jay Z was like, "That's the one." Mm-hmm. I think that's that shows Timberland's musical genius mm-hmm. to to say, "All right, well, I got this artist. I'm gonna throw this at him." Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't like that? Hold on, I got something else. You don't like that? Hold on, I got something else. And then eventually, it just comes to fit. I think that's definitely what happens between him and uh, T T Grizzly. Mm-hmm. I I know one of those one of those songs that he played for Hope actually became um, a ludicrous record. Yeah. Uh, not Blueberry Young, um, uh, Potion. Mm-hmm. It became Potion, which to hear that and then you remember like, oh, I remember that from um, Fade to Black. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it was. Um, yep. Kanye West will release his first single off his newest album, and it's produced by Irv Gotti. 
um, thoughts on Urgati as a producer. I know he produced a lot of uh, early DMX, Jay-Z, uh, Ja, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on him as a producer? Uh, I like I like Gotti as a producer. Mm -hmm. Just because, now, I know it might sound problematic. I think I said this before. But I've always been a Ja Rule fan. Yeah, I shout out the Rule. I've always been a... I yeah. got painted love on me. Pause. It has nothing to do with him. I was going through a lot <laughs> at 18. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I I feel like... And it was crazy. I'd seen that uh, Irv Gotti put up a post. It was an old post of Ja Rule in the booth mm -hmm. at, and on Rap City. And that, that was my comment. Energy is unmatched. People don't give Ja Rule the credit that he deserves because... You have this one person with 50 made it not cool. When As soon as you get one person that makes something not cool, everybody's just like, oh, that shit not cool no more. Yeah. But forgetting the fact of him holding us down for four or five summers mm -hmm. of like really just track after track and emotional roller coaster and shit. Because kind of was the first, kind of was a Drake in a sense, in yeah. a sense of uh, a emotional roller coaster and niggas was singing. Mm hmm. Thug niggas was singing. That mm -hmm. nigga was a thug singing hard as shit. So, who here is this? Uh oh. Oh, this nah, man. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's kind of Irv Gotti has has really came a long way. Um, in the Tale series, which the song is supposed to premiere on the Tale series. Okay. Um, that that shit is dope. That's pretty much for for my audience. That's when he takes certain hip hop songs and he uh acts them out like. A hour episode of them like talking about like it was like ninety nine problems. Um, it was an NWA song that they did reverse roles, reverse racism. Um, it was pretty dope. Okay. Uh, shout out to uh, Jr. Swift. He just went to the Griselda um, the Griselda show yesterday. He actually got to meet um, Westside Gun, Conway, Benny the Butcher, and Flea Lord. Um, he has placement on all their albums. He's on the upcoming uh, West Side Gun album. He has the record Batista on the uh, Fly God is awesome is an awesome god. Um, that will be out sometime this summer. Um, and he has the first single off of that shot to him. He got to meet them yesterday at the concert. Um, let's see what else. Randomly. Zab mm -hmm. Judah still fights, mm -hmm. and um, he was recently hospitalized for blood on his brain Ooh. after a fight. Yeah. Uh, it was really mm -hmm. unfortunate. I didn't know Zab Judah still was fighting. I know he was um, he was in New York. He teaches either CNA or is a nurse. Oh yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in New York. Yeah, so yeah. which is pretty fucking genius if you think about it. Being a going from a boxer to Trying to understand more health mm -hmm. and possibly even helping your yourself and other people. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, hold on. Did up? you see the video that they just put out the other day? I guess my man was on on social media, or whatever, and said, "I'll beat Zab Judah's ass." Oh yeah, I seen that. I seen and, that, and, and that's why I started. That's why. I, that's how I end up finding it out because I'm like, bro, is it more episodes of this show? Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I need that. Five minutes five, outside. Five minutes. Yeah, let me get that. <laughs> let me get that. <laughs> like, nah, I need yo. that. And my man was holding on to the, to the <laughs> counter like, mm -mm, mm -mm. He's like, yeah, I know he is. I, I said, oh, it's sad. He's like, remember, remember what you were saying? Right. I need that outside. Nah, fuck that. I was like, oh, that, he from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you can tell that nigga's a Brooklyn ass nigga. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, shout out to Zav. Get get well, get well. Um, I sat and watched five Rick Ross videos, mm-hmm. and at least three of them I didn't know existed. Now my question to you is: Are videos important to hip hop anymore? Mm. Oh man, that's a hard one. Um, part of me wants to say no. Mm-hmm. Because we don't use, um, uh, you know, Rap City. You know, mm-hmm. that's where we heard a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like for me, um, especially migrating to East Coast music, and especially where I was living, kind of away, you know, we, we kind of hear by word of mouth and we latch on to it. Um, the videos were what we heard or were what we heard and what we saw first. And then we went and got the album. Mm-hmm. And then that one single for the video would be it. But then you get the album and there's like five, six other songs that you like that don't even have videos for them. However, I think with YouTube and what uh, was it? V- Vivo. And yeah. it, they're pretty much YouTube. I think that's taken that's taking a place of actually watching video mm-hmm. because you have to like go look for the videos on YouTube now instead of you turn on the TV and they're serving it to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what? UMTV Raps. VH1, um, when they had everything, you know, mm-hmm. so now everything is pretty much TV production mm-hmm. where before it was all videos. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, J. Cole and Dreamville released two records off of the Revenge 3 album. And they packaged it as an EP, and the EP is called One Eight 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 Dream. Um, Down Bad is a record, and Got Me. Um, it all came from that studio session that Cole had, I think, early this year or late last year. Having all these different artists, it was like a real hip hop kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're starting to push out the records now. Um, J Cole is on on the top of his game, bro. Like. Yo, you know who I've been into more than J. Cole? Who? Boss. Yes. Boss is incredible. I, I took your advice and listened to, was it Riot? Too, too, uh, too, late too to Hot to Riot? Too Hot to Riot? Yeah. Yes. I listened to it one day, and I was like, oh, he's good. Yeah. He's fucking good. J.I.D. is pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, But they had that that beautiful woman, Aria Lennox. Mm-hmm. Album is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go see her, um, but she—they have a nice little squad, and he is Hove at this point. He is. I made this. I made this reference to somebody. I said he is Hove. That in between stage of Hove, not really rapping. I want to say that in between stage of American Gangster. Mm-hmm. No, let's say Kingdom Come to Blueprint Three when he was mm-hmm. doing like different. Verses on people shit like Jeezy verses and Ross verses, mm-hmm. and people was like, "Oh, he's rapping again! Like yeah. he's rapping, rapping!" Like J Cole feel like I feel like he like in a sense like took the shackles off himself, and just was like, "I'm free to roam. I'm I'm gonna go ahead. instead of staying like in his little room. He's going through everybody's room at this point. Like imagine like a an apartment." Um, building and him living on the first floor and never, or him living on the top floor and never going downstairs to see who the other, who his neighbors are. Right. And now he's like, 
venturing downstairs. He goes to the Young Thugs, builds a conversation with Young Thug, bring Young Thug on tour, executive produce Young Thug tour, working with his artists, putting the artists out as he should. And it's just like the Ty Dollar record, the uh, fuck else. He did he did a couple of different features. It's just he realizes more to hip hop than me. Yeah, and it's 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 so great the music that we're getting from him. So uh, I'm I'm really happy to see that. I think uh, every uh, great artist, I won't say good artist, every great artist, that's their calling card mm -hmm. to say, all right, I'm going to get off of my square. And I'm going to see what everybody else is doing. Not just peek their head in just to see what they're doing, but they actually getting on their tracks, getting mm -hmm. on their albums, getting on. And so you see J. Cole and Young Thug, two artists who are completely different. They yes. night and day, but they get on a track and they make it work. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think that's what makes a great artist a great artist. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's get into this week's playlist. Um, we're going to do a little bit different. We're not going to play the music because a lot of this music, you already know. So, um, first up, we have Busta Rhymes. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. Woo-ha. Yes. <laughs> Got you all in check. Yes. Now, here's my question. How has Busta Rhymes changed the sound of hip-hop since his debut? Um, His debut was... Well, I've been listening to Busta Rhymes since Leaders of the New School. Okay. And... He was he was always the standout, mm -hmm. you know, with his his energy, his personality, um, his charisma. So on Woo Ha, um, that first album, The Coming, he brought that to the table, mm -hmm. and um, so let's see, there was there was that one, and then there was uh, Ele. Mm -hmm. um, he's doing a part two of that right now. Oh, I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, he's he's. I don't know if it's done yet, but he was definitely doing a part two of that. His his energy. So he brought like a different, you know, it wasn't always, I don't ever, I don't ever remember hearing Busta Rhymes talking about guns, guns, guns. I mean, he pretty much, I'll, I'll beat your ass. Yeah, I never heard Busta talk about. No, he never talked about that. that I never thought of it like that. Yeah, man. but he's always been like, he can, flow. I mean, number one, he can flow. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the fastest spitters, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. in rap history. Mm -hmm. But, um. I think he's just brought different things to the table. He's always made it fun. Uh -huh. um, and then, of course, you know, the joint with Janet. Mm -hmm. um, and then his videos. His mm -hmm. videos have always been different. Mm -hmm. And Him and Missy. Him and, yep. Him, him and Missy. Mi yep. Um, his videos. And he's always made songs. He's If you want to get a party started, even to this day, I think you put on Pastor Cavassier. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Everything's popping off. Mm -hmm. So I think he's he's changed the sound. I don't, and his sound hasn't changed because he he still got party joints. Mm -hmm. You know, like like we talked about on the playlist, which I got to get that out to you. Mm -hmm. Um, that grind real slow. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a strip club song if I ever heard one. Nice, you know what I'm saying? Nice flow. So I think he's just brought his energy, his charisma, and his personality. Has what has kept him going, mm -hmm. and I think he's—I won't say so much that he's changed hip hop. Um, more, more or less, he's given a, a, a different lane. Okay, and people gravitate to that lane because of him. Um, I feel like when it comes to Buster, <clears throat> I feel like he doesn't get his flowers enough. I don't feel like people recognize him for being in the top 10 or top 5 or top, even top 3. 
Um, uh, shout out to Mike. He's he actually told me Busta Rhymes was his favorite rapper, which is really rare. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost never heard someone say Busta Rhymes is their favorite rapper. Now, here's the downside for me for Busta seeing him now. I don't like how when he makes appearances at people's concerts, him rapping fast doesn't come across as crisp anymore. It just comes across as him rushing and mm-hmm. him just trying to get it out. Then he throw he has the charisma, but I feel like in later years with when it's like, oh, Buster Rhymes is here, it's just like rah, 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 rah. it's not, not you can't understand the words like back in the day. Like yeah. it's more or less him just really screaming and yelling and, it, and then it's like like so when I see him at the Bad Boys tour I understood when he was doing victory. I understood him doing mm-hmm. that. But when I seen him at um, Something in the Water in April, he did, uh, was it Wuha? No, what's the other one? Um, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. Okay. It sounded like Rush. Okay. And I also feel like that didn't really start for me noticing. I don't think that really started until the Chris Brown record. Yeah. I feel like it was mm-hmm. like, he just started rushing. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like you can understand the words. Like you feel me? Like uh yeah, but if you if you listen to some of his up like like the joint with Janet, mm-hmm. um uh man, I can't think of um I can't think of What's the song off the top of my uh, well that that song but there's another song on that album. Oh, him and mystical. Oh him and mystical. That's I, I like for me that's kind of where it started because oh. you had mystical, but that's when he started mm. doing that. That I gotta go back and listen. Yeah, yeah, that was man. That was a workout song forever. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> them two have you in the gym trying to lift all the weights. But yeah, I can definitely see that. You know, and I think with the Chris Brown joint, everybody like latched on to like, oh shit, you know, Buster can flow. It's a different flow. Mm-hmm. And I think he just kind of ran with that to the yeah. point where he's at, where he's at now. And it's, it's really unfortunate because it's like, we know him from these records. It was like literally full circle of when Puffy told him, relax, Playboy, mm-hmm. and him prior to that. So it was like, he literally circled back around to all the energy, but it, it kind of like, it, it was like in a, I hate to put it like this, but like uh, I'm trying to keep up mm-hmm. with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you got to think, I want to say before that Chris Brown record, Buster wasn't really out there like that. Mm-mm. So it was like, oh, you got a legend on your record. Yep. You feel me? Because during that era, it was just Lil Wayne. Like, mm-hmm. period Lil Wayne. Because that was like after, that was probably like a good five or six years after um, Touch It. It was something like that. Yeah. Oh, it might be like Abrad money was out around that time. I think that was when he he had he had the issues with Dre. Oh, okay, yeah. And he was cause uh he put out Genesis, Anarchy, um, those are forgotten albums. Yeah. And I think, you know, him him leaving uh Aftermath and the whole J Records thing and all that. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, so he was kind of lost in that shuffle yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And I think the Chris Brown joint kind of brought him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, shots. The uh, Big Bang album just turned 13 years old today or yesterday. I think yesterday. Mm. Um, Next up, we have Wu-Tang Ain't Nothing to Fuck With. 
Um, Wu Tang is gonna be at the One Music Fest this year, celebrating um, I think twenty five years of that album. Um, another sidebar, I sent you the uh, the Wu Tang and Snoop um concert in Virginia in September. Both of them celebrating twenty five years of their debut album. Um, Snoop. Damn, uh, man, that was a good year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a year in hip hop. I think I should review. Um. What are your thoughts on the uh, the doc? Man, that was eye-opening, um, especially when they talked about RZA, mm-hmm. because you never think of RZA as being a street dude selling drugs, whatever, but that's, you know, unfortunately for a lot of us, that's our environment, that's our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the documentary was incredible because you got to see their beginnings mm-hmm. and i think it was very very inspiring when uh you god and met the man went back to the statue of liberty mm-hmm. and they were talking to the old boss yeah. like you can see that they really appreciated being there and and you know that start pushing them where they are now um <laughs> that nigga was like Talking to you guys. So, so what are you doing now? Oh, I'm with the group. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. But. And and I liked it, you know, when they talked to um when they talked to uh old Dirty's parents or his mom mm-hmm. and his brothers and all that, because you got to see the the dynamic. Cause, now, um, now you know, I just went to the concert, um, and his son did all of. I know it's it's nobody. I won't say nobody's really feeling his son, but I think his son is kind of trying to fill some shoes. And I, I read an interview where he said his family put that on him. Like, you have to bring the energy that your dad brought. So that's kind of why. I can see that. That's why he is the way he is, trying to be who that. he is. But, I mean, the documentary, man, when them dudes went back to the, you know, when they went back to Park Hill and, and you know, they on top of the building and you know and of course it showed the history um and i especially like the fact because a lot of them dudes you know they really don't talk about um their beginnings so you know you had um ghostface and um raekwon talking about when they used to walk home from school and the racial element of staten island you know the the black side and the and the white side and how they used to get jumped on the way home by the white kids and you know fighting through that on top of living in living in the projects and uh and one thing that I will say um and and I did this you know I always talk about that uh thesis paper that I wrote mm-hmm. and how a lot of a lot of rappers talk about their environment where they came from and how it put them in a box so when they were like yeah you look at the projects and it looks like a prison you know each each floor with you know vents and and all that looks like tears in a prison and people don't give rappers enough credit for talking about their social environment that made them who they are Mm -hmm. like that is so that is not not highlighted enough um, because you know me, I like, I, you know, I look at how did we get to where we got, mm-hmm. you know, how did, how did we, you know, when you look at the whole quote unquote 
ghetto element of rap. It, it's it's by design. It's by social design. And I like the fact that, you know, Wu-Tang definitely talked about that. Um, Next up, we have... Uh, oh, wait, sidebar. The, the sun... It's really over the top. Yeah. Now, I can understand them doing it at the Rock the Bells. Cool. I get that. But anytime they perform, they bring them. Um, do you feel like that's kind of like a guilt on Wu Tang part? Nah, um, I, I don't. I don't think it's a guilt on their part. I think it's them trying not to leave ODB out. Okay, all right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it wasn't like they pushed him away from the group. You know, I mean, my man unfortunately died. Um, but I, I don't think it's guilt. I think it's just them trying not to leave. ODB's parts out. Okay. That's fine. Still keeping it in the wool. Um, next up we got Criminology. What is the best song? Uh, what is the best song off of uh this album? Never heard it. Yeah, you have. Criminology? Yeah. Off of which one? Um only built for Q and Link. Oh, you know what? And uh I'ma get my feet held to the flame for this. Oh god. Uh wait a minute, what what what, what track was that? Um, track number two, because um, I pretty much got the ice cream, and that's where I stopped listening. Four. So, okay, okay. All right. So, name, Scarface, you skipped over that too. Um, wait a minute. I would listen to the first. Wait a minute. Where's ice cream? Like number six, it's number 15. ten. Okay, so I would listen. I think the first two songs I would listen to. I, I I'd have to listen to Criminology again, but I think I remember that. So, um, my bad. Yes, okay, okay. Alright. I don't remember that song, but I always remember that, that intro, that beat. Okay. Um that beat is what got me. Now I used to think that um Raekwon and Ghostface, I, I always thought they would be better as they own duo. Mm-hmm. Um I, that's why I thought the album I thought it was those two. Mm-hmm. Um but I do remember that beat. I do remember that beat. So my bad on that one. So yeah. where does that where does this album rank in months? Wu-Tang albums? Um, as a whole, you you can't... Like, I went to a concert in uh, at Webster Hall, the anniversary of the Purple Tape. Um, I think if you're going to rank the albums, you got to rank it top five. It's that album. Yeah, it's that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought about that shit. <laughs> um, you got, you know, of course, you got 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang Forever, um, Takao, Mm -hmm. Supreme clientele, and then uh, the purple tape. Uh, Wu Tang Forever, a little off script. Um, Wu Tang Forever is that better than that first album? No. Okay. Not not even close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love the first album. Yeah. Um, I never really got into the Wu Tang Forever. Like here and there, um, because of my sister, I would listen mm -hmm. to it. But I always would go back to the first album before anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. So uh, next up we have uh. Man, where we at? Hmm. Notorious B.I.G. I love the dough featuring Hope. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, we're going to go with this one. Where does I love the dough rank amongst the Jay-Z and Biggie collaborations? Mm. Is it better than Brooklyn Finals? Not even close. <laughs> not, not even close. Um, I think Brooklyn's Finest will always be the, the pinnacle of their relationship. Mm-hmm. 
um, you can tell with I Love the Dough, because that was, I think that was a Renee and Angela um, sample, um, R&B singers from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I like, when you compare that one to Brooklyn's Finest, you can tell they were just in the studio just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like, drinking, uh, smoking. Yeah, drinking, smoking, just, just chilling. Because you got Brooklyn's Finest, which was their introduction to the world together. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Money Ain't a Thing video, I think that was kind of a follow-up to that. And you can just tell they was just mm-hmm. in there just, just talking about, you know, they got money, they they from Brooklyn, they, they coming up in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was just them just having fun. But compared to Brooklyn's Fight, like, I don't think any song that they did would never compare to Brooklyn's Finest. You know what I just thought about when you was, when you was talking is, Remember the scene from Dead President, and they was all, um, they was all sitting at the table playing Monopoly with real money. Mm-hmm. I just pictured them doing like if it was like set up like a movie, mm-hmm. it'd be like Brooklyn's Finest, and then like the interlude would be that scene from Dead Presidents, then going into I Love the Dough, mm-hmm. only because of like just how it was set up like strategically. If they set it up like something like Streets is watching the movie, yeah. It would be it would be framed just like that like those three mm-hmm. like scenes and stuff like that. So now I, I do think one of the one of the reasons we do love Jay Z and Biggie collaborations was, um, uh, who said it? I think Biggie said it in like one of his interviews when they did Brooklyn's Finest. They got in the studio, and he said Jay Z handed him a notepad. Mm-hmm. And he said he was like, "What you doing?" Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, back to yeah, him. "Yeah, you gonna write?" And he was like, "Nah." And I think that kind of adds to that legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, sorry, but I wish more rappers would write because some of this shit is just uh, being a little outrageous. Yeah, I can, I can understand punching stuff in, but we're not in that time anymore. So whatever. But uh, next up, we got Nas. Do you like my style? It, it, you know my style. Mm-hmm. You know my style. Off of the Street Disciple album. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. Mm-hmm. How did you like the Street Disciple album? That was the double double album. I didn't. Okay. And you um, are a Nas fan. I am a huge Nas okay. fan. Um, one of my top, I'd say top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that album because coming off of Illmatic, and then um, it was Illmatic, it was written. Mm-hmm. And with um, if I ruled the world, you know, you just was like, okay, this guy, he's he's only talking about this and that. And then he kind of went to that, like like Jay Z said, he went to that Big Willie style. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I wasn't feeling Nas then. Mm-hmm. I was, I kind of thought that that was a point where he was just gonna kind of fall off and just fade away. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, and I think to some extent he kind of did. Yeah, he did. Uh, after before. Around that, well, Street Disciple came out. It was like Godson. It was like, it was still Matic, then Godson. And I want to say then Street Disciples. Street, Street Disciple came out after it was written. No, it didn't. Street Disciple was old. The Street Disciple was fairly new, like the 2000s. Mm-mm. Yeah. After it was Illmatic, it was written, then Street's, the Street's Disciple. Because he did a, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm I'm about ninety percent sure because I remember. It's still Matic was at it when he came back because it was it was ill Matic it was written I am. Mm-mm. What? Mm-mm. So what? All right, wait. Okay, hold on. Let me see. We we gonna we gotta research this out. Um, 
Let's see, discography. Let's see here. Um, yeah, that was uh, 2004. Godson was 2002. Still Mag was 2001. Really? Yeah. See, it was written. Then I Am, then... Nostradamus. Okay, yeah. that, you know what? I'm thinking of Nostradamus. So, Illmatic, it was written, I am, Nostradamus, Stillmatic, Godson. You know what? That is my bad. Okay, Streets Disciple. I'm thinking of, because I used to have a, a single. I could probably find it over there. Um, It was a single with the cartoon cover with the car. Okay. It was a single, I think he did with R. Kelly? Street Dream? Yes. I used to have that. For it was about four or five, four or five tracks on that. Mm. Um, Streets Disciple had the Braveheart joint. Street Disciple. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because that's when he was beefing with Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you thinking the actual song Street Disciple? No, no. I, I remember the album because the album was um, it was uh, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really liked that album. You did? I I did because it was so underrated. Thieves Thieves was on that. Just mm -hmm. a moment. Yep. Just the moment was real touching, yeah. man, because uh, I was in the military at the time, mm -hmm. and and the dude, Quan, when he did the song, and I remember the video, man, they showed the helmet and the boots. Man, that was that was kind of touching, because I know, I know a couple cats who were going overseas, going, you know, to the sandbox and all that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I really liked that album, because that was a time when everybody was picking a side, you know, Jay-Z and Nas. Mm -hmm. I was in my, I ain't give a fuck, that shit didn't affect me, but... Um, oh yeah, he had the Virgo joint with Ludacris. I remember that. Um, the the Rock Him. Yep. Song. Yep. And um, let's see which which one which one which one. Um, a message to the feds. That was that intro was crazy, but I I liked that album. Mm. I did because it was that was a double album. Um, he's coming out with the Lost Tape too. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Lost Tape 1? And what do you expect to receive with Lost Tape 2? It's going to be... It's definitely going to be a classic. Because I think he realizes his place in hip-hop history. Mm -hmm. And so he realizes, you know, minus his commercial classics. Um, uh, not, not, not classics, but... Uh, uh, shit, I can't think of the term right now. Um, cult classics. Okay, you know what I'm saying, like Illmatic. You know what I'm saying, like you know, I got the I got the the live joint. Um, I it, it's going to be on par with what we expect the Nas classic to be. Okay, I'm I, as you know, I'm not a Nas fan. So with Lost Tapes, the first one was that just unreleased records, or is that was it like all new material? I think it was unreleased records. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was unreleased. And it's pretty much going to be the same thing for Lost Tapes, too. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact, I saw, I saw an ad for it on um, on uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that's, a lot of it is unreleased and reworked. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was hoping to hear a premiere beat on there. Oh, definitely. That'd be nice. Definitely. That'd be nice. Um, next up, we have Funk Flex and Big Cat, rest in peace. Um, if I get locked up tonight, Eminem and Dr. Dre. Now, I remember when this came out. Because mm -hmm. on this album, I think it's called The Tunnel. And it was a record dedicated to Biggie and Snoop Dogg going through like three different Biggie 
um, songs. I remember it's like a jacket for beats. So mm -hmm. I think it's called Real G's. Mm -hmm. But this joint, this sounds like Eminem, like young Eminem. So this is what year is this? So this is like, this is ninety nine. Mm -hmm. So that is the Eminem that we we want to hear, mm -hmm. not now. But we, I feel like we always get a chance to talk about Eminem. Cool. So let's talk about Funk Flex. I like this kind of album from a DJ's focal point was was the artist, not the DJ. Younger Eminem, he still sounds and listens. He still, um, he's, he sounds good on this. And I feel like Funk Flex was able to showcase him and not himself, like Khaled. Mm -hmm. It's like a shared spotlight versus the artist being the, the initial joint. Now, Detroit's Mount Rushmore hip-hop. Mm -hmm. Is Eminem on there? Yes. Okay. Without a doubt. With who? Uh, he is on there with Royce the Five Nine, mm -hmm. um, Slum Village, mm -hmm. um, Trick Trick, mm -hmm. and um, even though he's not officially from Detroit, MC Breeze. Really? He's yeah. not from Detroit. He's from Flint. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh. Um, ain't no, ain't no, um... Ain't no future in your front. I love that fucking song. Oh. When I, I randomly found that shit, I was on MySpace, and I was building a, a playlist for MySpace, and I was like, bro, that beat that, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. But he did a part two to that. He did, the part two wasn't it, as good. It, it was, it wasn't It wasn't as good. God rest his soul, he passed, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. um, yeah, so, uh... And one of my favorite songs from him is, uh, Gotta Get Mine with Tupac. Um, how was that? What what album was that on? That was on. I cannot think of the album. Um, uh, I can't think of the album, but I think that's when because MC Breed, I think eventually migrated down to Atlanta, mm -hmm. like a lot of Detroit dudes did, and um, I think Tupac was was in Atlanta at the same time, and they got on the track together. Mm, okay. Um, I can't remember the album because I bought the single. Okay. Um, I had the had the single tape. Wow. Yeah. So um, yeah, but MC Breed is definitely on there. Um, next up we have LL Cool J, mm -hmm. Ten Million Stars. You mm -hmm. remember that record? Mm -mm. Um, I don't know if it's gonna. It's uh, it's off of the album. I want to say Ten. I I I hate the fact that. I stopped listening to LL Cool J. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough credit for being the pioneer of rap that he is. That that's exactly that's exactly where I was going. Um, I don't. It's that, and I feel like he doesn't get with this. Well, let, let's let me play the record a little bit. I feel like he doesn't get an opportunity to showcase that kind of rapping mm -hmm. because people is all his career is always overshadowed of what he does for the ladies. Like so, they mm -hmm. always forget that he was a battle rapper, mm -hmm. that he he could really rap, and he wasn't like a singy songy kind of rapper. It just fell in his life that he was able to do that. Right. Um. Where, why? 
Why is LL Cool J so important? Because number one, he is he's the foundation of Def Jam, mm-hmm. and Def Jam is the foundation of hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, um, just just that, um, and if you like all of his albums, I don't think. I mean, I mean, like I said, I stopped. I, I stopped listening after uh, five, four, three, two, one. Really? Yeah. So was that Mr. Smith album? Yeah. No, 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 no. Was that Mr. Smith? No. Um, who shot you was on Mr. Smith? I remember it was a blue album cover. Oh, that was the joint with Love You Better? Yeah. Um, Let me double check with that. I might not have been that one. Um, um, let's see. He's had a couple albums. Okay, the goat. You talking about the yeah, goat the album? Yeah, goat. Uh huh. Um, I, I I I hate that I stopped listening, but I think at that time, because that was around like ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, it's two thousand. Um, we, you know, we had so much music. Of course, you know, everybody was still riding the the unfortunate wave of Tupac and Biggie dying, mm-hmm. and. That's when, um, you know, that was that shiny suit era. Um, it was just so much going on in hip hop that LL Cool J kind of, kind of fell, fell in the in the importance ladder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think everybody pretty much kind of stopped listening to him. Yeah, but he never stopped making music how mm-hmm. we always made music. You know, people forget about. Um, Mama said, "Knock you out." Album. Yeah. Walk like a panther. Album. Mm-hmm. You know, bad. Mm-hmm. Which, Shit, love you better. But yeah, people totally forget Heads about. Wrong. Yep. Yeah, later years. Yeah. I feel like it. It was definitely that. I feel like it was definitely that. Niggas just stopped caring, mm-hmm. and then he realized, "Oh, you stop caring. I can still go make movies." Right. You're not gonna stop my money. Like I'm still gonna, and then I'll sneak my music in there, Deep Blue. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like Deep was it Deep Blue Sea? Deep Blue Sea. So it's like, and then I think now, now that we see, because he's like fifty something years old. Yeah. And, and owns all his masters. Yeah. He owns everything. Like you had to go talk to him. Yeah. In order to get the licensing for uh, stuff, I kind of feel like artists who own their masters, they get played. Why is that? Because I think you know, I think unfortunately these these big box record companies will look at an artist, and they say, okay, I can make money off this guy, but when they own their music, they like, oh shit, I gotta pay this person for their own music, mm-hmm. and they don't get enough push mm-hmm. at, at, for their own stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, I think now, being that LL's in his 50s, which, I mean, goddamn, I got to get on his workout regimen because he don't look a day over 30. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I got to no, drink my water. Um, but I Shout think, out to the water. Yeah, for real. Um, I think if if um, that, he's older, there's so much media out there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know him now as an actor mm-hmm. on NCIS. Yeah. So that that kind of people are like, oh, he's lame. No, he's not. Like Ice T. Yeah. When when niggas was n- I, niggas were weird. It was mad that he went and played a cop after being cop killed. Okay, niggas grow up. Right. <laughs> like nigga don't want to kill cops anymore. He's a, he's like, come on, like stop. Um, that stuff we have. Camp Low. Mmm. Hey, Cheney. Mm-hmm. 
Camp Low. Now, let's talk duos. Mm-hmm. Camp Low's up there with what tier of hip hop duos? Mm. Unfortunately, I think they are a third tier group. And that would be with who? Um, let me see if we're talking duos. Like Outcast would be top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, Mob Deep would be top tier. Um Hmm. Um I think they're in the tier with Black Sheep, unfortunately. Okay. And I think it's only because they right. just don't have enough material out. Okay. They had one hot joint that they both could rap. Uh-huh. Um the the beat the, the beat was crazy. The lyrics were crazy. The the visual for that video mm-hmm. was you know what I'm saying? It's what hip hop needed, and the that's an iconic beat. Mm-hmm. Like you put that, you could put that beat on anywhere, and everybody's head would start. I think everybody would start rapping the lyrics, yeah. but I just don't think that they had enough material to come out to keep riding that wave, like Outkast and Mob Deep, and and you know who we would consider can consider top tier um, duo. So who is in tier two? Uh. Tier two would be, um, hmm, unfortunately, when I think of like the second tier, I'm thinking of like artists who paired up with other artists. Uh, like Jada and uh, Jada and Styles. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ghost and Ray. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Where does the clips go? Top tier. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. all they you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, uh, Audio 2, Top Billing. Mm-hmm. How many hip-hop songs can you name that has sampled this particular hip-hop record? Mm. Is any portion, because I feel like you hear some of the, the verses, the beat, uh, sampled the bars for just looping purposes. Like you got younger made a sample the the beat for uh summertime story. I you listen have... to enough of her music and I want to. I gotta, I gotta... It's not enough. Yeah. Period. Like and that's that's the worst. That's the thing that make me mad. And um, I was just telling somebody about how I feel like, and it was me and Kristen. Me and Kristen have always talked about this. How we feel like summertime story. Should have been as big as ooh because it it summarized it captured summertime in its essence. Mm-hmm. Being single, uh, having a girl, then I want to enjoy the summer. Uh, it's it just it gave you that feeling of New York hip hop in the summertime, mm-hmm. and it did not. It had a video. It just did not go nowhere, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that the record. Was only on fucking SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on Apple, so she wasn't. I mean, you gotta download a whole other fucking app in order to get it, in order to get the uh, in order to get the the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, niggas is lazy. I'm not about to do that shit. Right, right. I just luckily I I have so many different streaming platforms for the purpose of this podcast, but I don't know, man. But and I and I I kind of went um. She did a remix video with Casanova 2X. Ooh. 
And that's when I was like, yeah. I was, I was, cause I, I like Young and Man. Yeah. I was like, yo, her, her, her voice it gritty. Cause mm. I went back and I heard something that she had did before she got famous mm -hmm. when she was like first coming up. And to me, that sounded better than what she had put out for Ooh. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, bet. So I was starting to get into her music. And then I heard the joint with Casanova 2X. Uh, and then I just started listening to his music. Yeah, Casanova is uh, an amazing talent. Yeah. I heard I heard him on IG yesterday. He sampled Somehow, Someway mm. and for the chorus. And you could feel the pain that is in that nigga. Like, you mm -hmm. can feel that he's gone through so much shit. And this is it. Either yeah. this rap shit gonna work or we we back to yeah, what we, we was doing to, before. Right. <laughs> right. And I don't think anybody yeah. wants that because that nigga's dangerous. I don't, I, I, that, that's a big ass nigga too. Like no, really? nah, nah, bro. I'm good. Um next up we got Foxy Brown styling. Foxy Brown was recently booed in New York. Um that shit is crazy. Um a little beyond my my train of thought. Um uh, but um I remember this summer when Stylin' came out. Mm -hmm. Stylin' came out. First of all, I think that was like the first we've heard from her since Broken Silence album. So Stylin' came out. There was a Stylin' remix. It was Baby, Nori, Young Gav. And I wanted... Uh, no, I thought I thought Young Gav was puffy. He sounded like him. But And then she went on to do the Nothing remix uh, with Nori. Female hip hop. Mm -hmm. Is Foxy Brown better than Little Kim? Yes. Now, does that have anything to do with their particular backing and how their careers ended up going forward? I think so. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, because um, whatever happened, because when she came out with Il Nana. Mm -hmm. And then the second album. China Dog? I think China Dog was the first one, wasn't it? No, I would think Il Nana. Cause Il Nana was her first. Maybe China Dog was the second one. Uh, yeah. um, I thought she was a little bit older. Though. And then, you know, she had Jay-Z behind her. And I think um, that whole thing where everybody was like, oh, she's supposed to replace um, Emil. And that, that, that was all that, all that bullshit. And then, of course, you had Lil' Kim. With everything she was doing, mm -hmm. you know, and then with with Biggie dying and excuse me, uh, Puffy kind of taking the reins of her career, mm -hmm. and it, it kind of seemed to me like he drove that shit into the ground. Yeah, and she had to dig herself back up with uh, what was that? The Toys uh, Kim. Yeah, the was joint with uh, uh um, I won't say Drew Hill, but the, uh, the little short. How many licks? Yeah, uh, Cisco. Yeah, Cisco. Yeah. Um. But I, I always felt that Foxy Brown was a better rapper than Lil' Kim. But they're both, if you if you want to talk about like the Mount Rushmore female rappers, they they have to be on there. Mm -hmm. Both of them. Yeah. You know. Whether they write they shit or not, just let that shit go. Mm -hmm. um, does uh, Remy Ma end up on there? Hmm. Mm. We got five spots. What is it? Four spots. Four spots. Okay, so four spots. All right, so Foxy and Kim. Foxy and Shantae. MC Light. MC Light or Yo-Yo. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Yo Yo's impact on female hip hop is big. Mm-hmm. Never knew that. Mm-hmm. Never knew that. And I, it wasn't so much her her um her rapping. It mm-hmm. was it was her contribution to to women's rights. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Which ironically, she uh she married the the mayor of Highland Park, Michigan, which is a little city inside of Detroit. Mm-hmm. So she's and I met him because he knows my cousin. I met him the other day. My cousin's like, you know what it is? I was like, no. He's like, that's Yo-Yo's husband. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dumbass tidbit. Anyway. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but her her impact, like when she came out on uh, Ice Cube's joint, um, and she pretty much stood up and went toe-to-toe with him. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're, you're not going to just re- you know relegate women to making babies and staying home. And then I think she had the IBWC, the International Black Women's Coalition, mm-hmm. and they were really pushing hard throughout the community for um, you know social change. Um, I think that's what what puts her on that on that Mount Rushmore of of, of women rappers. Mm. Um, next up, we have Eve's Scenario Two Thousand. Remember that? Mm-mm. Um, this is the darkest shit, sparking shit, hitting with the hardest shit. Yeah, it DMS. Was, it was acapella at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yo, that Rough Riders stint in hip hop, unmatched. Yeah, a thug could be a thug then. Uh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it wasn't. You know, it was. It was okay. I I wish I was a little bit older so I could have went to that concert with them and uh, Cash Money. Mm-hmm. That would have probably been a wild ass fucking concert because them niggas was young and wild. Yeah, you feel me? But um, I enjoyed seeing Eve's evolution, no pun, um, from pitbull in skirt to a talk show, talk show host, and more than just a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen her on a talk show. I seen her, but during the time of her. Marrying the the guy, I think he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire, or yeah. Him, but she did come up with different records. I think her heart is still in hip hop, but she knows it's more to hip. It's more to entertainment than hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the talk show. I knew Eve was gonna go go this route when she started growing her hair. When she started doing growing her hair and like getting long weeds, I was like, oh, she done changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she knows she she understands. I feel like she acted a little bit right. Oh, she had the she had TV show. Yeah, she had the show. Still comes on. Um, shout out to Eve. Um, X is still on tour, celebrating twenty years. Uh, darkest it's dark and hell is hot. Um, I'm happy that X looks healthy, mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful for Swiss for. Not giving up on him. Mm-hmm. And like, no, because it's like, all these people that went to jail and they have these different uh people they come home to, they don't really back them the way that they did prior to going to jail. And Swiss has been there literally for every jail stint uh, DMX has had. And I think this one right here, he's going to be able to put out an album or at least a single. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great. I'm hoping he jumps on that remix to ASAP Ferg song. ASAP Rocky has a song with uh with um with uh ASAP Rocky and they sample Oh Get I at heard... me dog? No 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 oh fuck I heard Where my dog's at alright um, dog. my dog's at um, it, mm. it popped up on, on my I think it is get at me it's not get at me dog 
No, it wasn't that one. Uh, shit, it popped up on on satellite radio the other mm. day. Um, oh, it's gonna bug me. But I I did hear that song. But I feel like that's a great start for to hear DMX mm-hmm. on a record. Mm-hmm. Um, just do the remix. Shit, even have Swiss rework the beat. Um, that would be dope. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it. The you know the one thing I like about about uh I mean I mean like you said. I don't know if you was it a documentary, something I was watching, and DMX talked about his upbringing, which oh, was crazy. You know, and once again we back to artists talking about um, their environment and people kind of glossing over it because it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, going going back to what you said about Eve when when she said that I mean when when you said that you know she she realizes there's more to entertainment than just rap. I think every rap artist realizes that. That's why they go become actors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's and, no money. Including DMX. Because mm-hmm. I was watching the movie yesterday he did with Jet Li. It was good. Um, Gabrielle Union, Dragon was in it. Mm-hmm. Get at me, dog. And that and that movie is Roman Must Die. Yeah, there we go. No, no, no. It wasn't Aaliyah. It, it was, wasn't that one? Uh, it wasn't that oh, one. Oh, uh, Exit Wounds. Yes. And, that was really good. That and really good. I think every, every rap artist realizes like, hey, I can go do something else, but you know, one thing like like you say, Swiss realizes that hey, that's my man. You know, there's something to him that makes him the way he is. Mm-hmm. Which, like like uh, you know, I watched the Ron Artest. You know, we talked about it yesterday the mm-hmm. uh, the Ron Artest um documentary, and Ron Artest was basically you know he he pretty much said like I have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with DMX. Mm-hmm. You know, he's definitely got mental health issues from his upbringing. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody like Swiss in your corner to say, no, nah, I'm not going to let you fall. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we going to keep pushing to make you better, to help you get better. Mm-hmm. I think that's that says a lot about Swiss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it says a lot about DMX. And he's like, you know what? Because, you know, he's, he's an addict. He's a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with, that in my family, the the one thing you 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 realize is that for for addicts, they're gonna fall, but it's not about them falling; it's them getting back up. Mm-hmm. And do they have the help getting back up? Mm-hmm. And Swiss Beats is definitely that help. Like, yo, I'm not gonna let you, you. You're gonna fall again, but I'm gonna be right here to help you get back up. Which is great because he's in these rooms with these corporate guys, brokering deals and being a part of different ventures, and still being able to. DMX is my friend no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, I can sit in these million-dollar meetings and still be like, okay, yeah, I, I agree to this, this, that, and that. I want this partnership. But, all right, boom, I got to go to the studio tonight to record with X. What, you talking about Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel? Mm-hmm. Jay-Z sitting in that boardroom. You can't have Beanie Siegel sitting in there, you know. Bandana, gun out, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, bringing, bringing Philly with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's that exact same. You got to be able to play both sides of that line. Mm-hmm. And that other person understanding where you're coming from versus being like uh, beans and just upset. Mm-hmm. Well, why he doing that, bro? You about to shop his bread. Right. Well, like, bread that could help all of all us right. in this situation. Yep. Um, next up, we got uh, Brooklyn Zoo by ODB. ODB. This is getting, this is getting good. Now. Let's go back to the documentary. Mm-hmm. In the doc, I feel like ODB was trying to get, trying ODB was trying to get out the contract. 
right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else was free from their Wu-Tang contract. But I kind of understood why RZA didn't let him out the contract mm-hmm. in the sense of he felt like with, you know, ODB in and, and out of jail, he felt like he could he could have done more for his career. Mm-hmm. And kind of like he owed it to him to be as big as Ghostface, Method Man, and Raekwon. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? I, exactly. And I think he felt like he owed him because, you know, initially, because that was his cousin. Mm-hmm. And I think, you Which know. mean Rushy? Uh, you know, it was it was uh, RZA, Jizza, and. ODB. ODB. Mm-hmm. As a, a, a son. Mm-hmm. And I think he felt like, all right, more than just we in a group, this is my family. Mm-hmm. And so I think he felt like same like my man is gonna fall over and over, but I'm gonna be there to to, to get him pointed in a direction to where he can be, you know, on the level with Method Man and Ghostface and Ray. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, he because you totally forget about Master Killer, You God, Capadonna, mm-hmm. Inspector. You forget about those guys. You forget they even in the damn group. Mm-hmm. But when you think of Wu Tang, you think of RZA, Jizza, ODB, Method Man, Raekwon, and Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And I think the you know the other ones, you know the other guys had the mental, the the mental fortitude to make it. Mm-hmm. But ODB didn't. And I think that's where RZA came in to be like, all right, I'm going to be your kickstand mm-hmm. to help you. Because he had the personality, mm-hmm. and yeah, at yeah. that point, it's like you you surround yourself with great MCs. You can you can get a record together, mm-hmm. and the personality of who he was and what he was doing that pretty much solidified him. So, but um, that's that we got Nori featuring Pharrell Full Mode mm-hmm. on this song. Pharrell spits a dope verse. I feel like Pharrell and Nori. I feel like Pharrell brings the best out of Nori. Mm-hmm. I feel like every every producer can bring the best out of certain artists, and that is Pharrell is for Nori. No matter what song, even they had a hit recently. Um, Nomas, I think that was called. They had a remix and all that shit. It was, it was him and Pharrell. Then it was him Pharrell. And I want to say Pitbull, maybe. Um, but God's Favorite. Remember that album? Um, it had Grimy on it. Uh, Not Me You Heard. Full Mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was Nori's peak. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the... He got the Def Jam deal. He's really solo by himself. Um, he felt like he came to his own. Talk about the transition from him being a rapper to being a media outlet. Um. Well, I think after after God's favorite, um, he went to Rockefeller. Yeah, he did the Rock La Familia deal, and then they were, and then he went to the uh, reggaeton, yeah, side of things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Even that nigga, oh, yeah. Right, but I. I think that's where he kind of fell off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think from him doing Drink Champs, mm-hmm. that brought him back. Yeah. Just wholeheartedly brought him back. Him and Joe Button. Yeah. Um, Joe Button, I don't think Joe Button ever really... I would say Joe Button might be the one person in hip-hop who understood social media. Yes. Joe Button's TV. Yep. 
Um, yeah, he was definitely early on it. E- even though those beginnings, man, that that was some crazy shit. A lot of the shit that he was posting, yeah, which was with wild. Tahiri, oh my god, the the other girl with the miscarriage, him yeah. about to fight ransom, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was crazy. Yeah, that was a lot. But I think he under now he understands like, all right, I don't have to do that crazy shit. I got my podcast, I got the TV show, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what you know he understood that. I think him and Nori kind of rode that wave to mm-hmm. see, okay, I got drink champs. And I think initially it kind of started like, all right, I'm just gonna get out here because he's a funny dude, mm-hmm. funny as shit. Yeah. And I think his and career, E40. Yeah. Oh, E40, classically hilarious. <laughs> and I think that's what, um, you know, like I think I think initially they they started out like, all right, I'm gonna get on this podcast thing, and I'm just gonna talk shit mm-hmm. about I'm gonna drink, and I'm gonna tell the wild out stories that I used to live, and then people caught on to it to where now it's a legit it's a legit format mm-hmm. to you know he's got an audience he's got <coughs> you know like I saw the one interview he did with uh, the real Rick Ross mm-hmm. I, I I listened to that the night at work yeah that was that was wild um but and then I think I saw the one where um he had the locks on there that yo, them three dudes together are funny yeah. as shit. If you ever get a chance to listen to them on, um, it, it's the real, real time. With it's the time with it's the real or something like that. It's two white dudes. Mm-hmm. They do one with them. It's two white Jews and three black guys. They review movies. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. it's it's really good, and it's them two yeah. in the locks, and they review movies. It's oh, it's really that. really really fucking that. dope. They're funny as shit. Yeah. Um, I want to say they're from out in Maryland somewhere, if I'm correct. But um, yeah. Uh, oh wow, a, this is a pretty classic playlist. Next that we got Nas, Nas album done, which was a, a fifty-two figure. Um, <laughs> like, because it's like you had such an incredible song, incredible sample. You give the record to Khaled, and then you give the rest to Kanye West. I, like you literally was going down the street. Was like, nah, I'm going the other way. I, I forgot something. I forgot forgot my keys in the house. Like, damn, because he had that that video was dope. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. the video in Jamaica. Yep. And I was looking for you. Right. Yeah. That shit never came yeah. out. So my question now is. This Lost Tapes, to go back to the Lost Tape, is that this Nas? What era of Nas are we getting these records from? I think this, for the Lost Tapes, I think this is not Illmatic Nas. It was written Nas. Okay. I think that it was written, I am, uh, what, what, let's see, what was that? Between 99 and like maybe 0203. Is that stuff still valuable? Like... Okay, see, here's my this here's my question, posing that to someone that is a Nas fan. Mm-hmm. These records, do y'all really care about these records from that long ago? That's like twenty years ago at this point. You have to be a Nas fan. Okay, all right. Like, I, I wouldn't expect anybody under the age of thirty five, okay, to listen to the Lost Tapes. Like, all right, I'm about to bump this shit, like it's. 99 all over again. Okay. Um, just like um, when I went to the Illmatic concert. Like, you really got to be a fan to be in there to, to realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even though it, for the culture that was that was big, mm-hmm. but you had to be a Nas fan to understand it, to 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 feel it. Okay. Same way with the Lost Tapes, you got to be a Nas fan. So that first set of Lost Tapes is from what era? Uh, I say ninety ninety seven to maybe two thousand two. Hmm. I, I'm gonna actually go and listen to that on my way home. Um, next up we got Kame, uh, Ghostface, Capadonna, Raekwon, the Chef off the Iron Man album. Mm-hmm. Um, how legendary is this song? Just the fact that it's them, mm-hmm. it, it's legend. I think any song with Ghost and Ray. Mm-hmm. Them two together, like I'm so mad that they, that they never. Well, mm, I can't say that I'm mad because they were both in their own lanes. But I think they they could have done more together mm-hmm. than just popping up on an album cover, song here, song there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with those two, and then you put everybody else on it, it it it's it becomes an I. I almost say icon. It becomes a legendary song. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you start with those two, and then you sprinkle in everybody else. Mm. Like I think, I mean, to me, even though you got Wu Tang as a whole, the best rappers in Wu Tang: Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface. Mm. You put those three together, I think anything they do is gonna be classic. Wholeheartedly agree. Next up, we got Gangstar, I'm the Man, featuring Little Dap from the group home and Jay Wu's Damager. Mm-hmm. We are, this, uh, I remember the first time I heard this this song, No Bullshit, last year. Ant. Ant had it on his playlist, and I was listening to it, and I was like, damn, this shit is hard as a bitch. Now, my question is, what do you know about Little Dap from the group home, and what do you know about group home as a group? Oh, uh, I remember they had one song that I heard, um... And I was getting into their music, and I think, I think Biggie came out and mm-hmm. overshadowed them. Okay. Um. So and that's the and that's the unfortunate thing is you 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 know like I would hear something like, okay I'm starting to feel it, and then something else would come out, which would be bigger, and then everything kind of mm-hmm. falls by the wayside. Unfortunately, now I think that's what happened to. Group home, mm-hmm. that's what happened to the Lost Boys. Hell, that's what happened to Ja Rule. <laughs> Lost Boys is on that list too. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, thoughts on J. Rule the Damager? Doesn't get enough credit as for his his flow. Okay. Um, his voice was. I mean, once you heard it, like you knew it was him, and his beats were always. You know what I'm saying? His beats always matched his voice. Okay. But he doesn't get enough credit for being who he is as an artist. Okay. Um. Hmm. Next up, we got KRS One. Step into my world. Ha! <laughs> 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 Shout out to BX. Uh, y'all know how I feel about KRS One. Uh, but KRS One on this particular remix, how was this a necessity for his career to have Puff do the record? He tried too hard. Mm, to fit in with the time? Yep. And I think, unfortunately, that's... He's... I, and I hate to say this. He needs to just stick to to 
dropping bars on a on a YouTube clip with Rakim mm-hmm. and you know uh, random who, fans and yeah. shit doing ciphers like that. It's just unfortunate that he's not relevant lyrically. In any way, shape, or form. Do you feel like that's because he was so rebellious of the years after him in hip hop? Of you know how old old people view music? They're like, oh well, hip hop isn't what it was this time, so it's trash and stuff. So he didn't like roll with the punches, i.e., like a Jay Z that was like, all right, this I can still do this. He couldn't roll with with the punches just because of who he was. Mm. He, I mean, you you couldn't ever see KRS One. In a shiny suit, mm-hmm. you know, talk, talking about money in the thing, you know, popping bottles. That just wasn't his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stuck to that, which I mean, to his to his integrity, you know, yeah, that's that's what it was. But um, I think trying to trying to become relevant, trying to stay relevant now for him, it's kind of a lost cause. Mm. You know, you need to just stick to stick to teaching. You know, like uh, if he, uh, who who just did a class, um, Bun B, okay, uh, I think for Rice University mm-hmm. in Houston, he uh, he taught a class. I don't know if he's still doing it, but I know he taught a class. I know Knife Wonder teaches classes. Yep, and um, in North Carolina and in Washington. Yeah. Um, uh, Little B did a did a class. He did a in, class. Um, in New York, it's one of the prestigious schools. Columbia, I think it was Columbia. I think it was Columbia. Yeah. Um, I think Karis One kind of needs to, you know, if he did a class teaching the early, early, early beginners of hip hop and how he came to be, mm-hmm. you know, in the environment of the Bronx and and what he took from that would be so fucking dope. That would be dope, and uh, I think I that's where he ever posed that to him. Uh. Maybe, but you know, I I see him on YouTube, and he's, you know, still still teaching the preachy. you know the preachy five percenter thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we're beyond that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that resonates as much anymore, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. But I think if if he taught a class talking about this is what the Bronx looked like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we were going through. I saw the culture start. From me being a kid to the breakdance to the cool hurt to me, you know, this is what got me in the rap. Mm-hmm. This is what got me to talking about what I'm talking about. I think that would bode better for his career mm-hmm. and his and his uh, legacy. Okay. Yeah. Because now it's just like, after the whole Nelly thing, I, I I stopped fucking with him. Yeah. I didn't like that shit. Yeah, I think everybody did. Um, next up, we got Twins, Big Pun, and Fat Joe. Fat Joe, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about hip-hop remakes? Like this, and where does this one rank? Um, with that one, it's it's I I can't say top ten, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I think some some rappers when you put them together, they just they're just magic. Mm-hmm. Fat Joe and Big Pun are just magic together. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Ray and um, ghosts mm-hmm. like Red Man and Method Man. So for Fat Joe, I think unfortunately, Big Pun kept him going. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Big Pun died, 
he was able to ride that wave a little bit. And to the point, you know, he wrote it a little bit and then he didn't he dropped a like a couple albums, but he he's all about singles. Just like when, when Remy Ma came out. Mm-hmm. They did that uh, Plato Plomo album, mm-hmm. which was dope, but they needed each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have much rather see a, a, a Remy a Remy album, though, but yeah, whatever. Um, but I think for, for that remake, um, those, those two feed off, fed off of each other incredibly well. Um, next up, kind of in the same vein, um, <laughs> Method Man and Raekwon off of the Wu Massacre album, Meth vs. Chef 2. Now, how do you feel about when artists make a part two of records? What are some things that you're looking to hear so the record can, so the record can be so so you can so the record can win you over as a fan. You gotta elevate from part one. Okay. Um, Give me an example of a of a record that you. Uh, Jay Z and Memph Bleak. Okay. Off, coming of age. Uh, coming of age. Okay. Coming of age, two. Was was bad because you saw like it was like a story. Mm-hmm. It was like all right, and. That's why I I love I love those two songs because they started because they started here and they didn't just you know they 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 took it in another direction mm-hmm. and and I think for um for those two you you gotta for um meth versus chef because the first one the first one was on Takao. really uh I thought it was on um. Was it on Takao? Ray Kwan joint. Let me see. Oh, Takao. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was on Takao. Okay. Um, and it was it was dope because you know of course you know you had the it it started off with the um with the uh then um the boxing boxing ring Mm -hmm. you know the ding ding. Mm And you knew they was going in. Um, part two, I think they could have took it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, a step further. There's a, there's a actually that particular album it opens up with Criminology two point five. Okay. Um, so I, I think I think that was just like something for the fans, yeah. just so we can get it out the way, so they could be like, oh, at least y'all did it. Um, next up we have uh, Lost Boys, Let's Coos Beamers in the Bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I never talk about the Lost Boys on the podcast. Never get a chance to. The music never comes up. Um, the year is ninety five. What's the What's the list? I'm sorry. The year is ninety five. What's the Lost Boys' impact on hip hop in, in the year nineteen ninety five? They were. They was hot. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. I think I listened to another podcast. I didn't notice that that the, that the Lost Boys was like. They was going through Queens wrecking shop. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, they were like, goon. Yeah. Matter of fact, can you list the members real quick? Mr. Cheats, Freaky, Freaky Ty. Ty. It's another guy. Mr. No. Something with an L. Because um, one of them dudes ended up catching a case. Um, 
members. Good guitar, Pretty Lou. Pretty Lou. Uh, Pretty Lou Sun raps. Okay. And he's like, like, picking up speed, like within the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think. Uh, but it, he's currently it, battling a leukemia. Wait a second. That's not the same. That's the same Pretty Lou. Hell no, that's not the same. That's the same Pretty Lou that be with Fat Joe. Mm -mm. Nah, that can't be. That's a different Pretty Lou. Um, cause remember they had the they had the joint Renee. Yeah, that was a that I mean sad ass yeah, song. It's extremely sad. But shit just reminds me of New York Undercover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, man, that was a dope show. Oh yeah, it was. They they should have did more with that. Um, next up we got Drake's God Plan. Beautiful song. Shout out to Drake. Hopefully the Raptors win so we can get a Drake album sooner than later. Um, feel like uh sorry. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Drake is he's recovered very very well from the Pusha T uh situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually was listening to that disc record the other day and boy was that just easy money as mm -hmm. Pusha said. Uh, <laughs> that's that we got J Cole K O D. Uh, J Cole. I want to see what he does with this next album. Got to. I want to see if this next album is going to have features, outside production, and if this is it for him. I don't think so. Because, um, what was the one album? For Your Eyes Only. Mm -hmm. That was such an emotional album. I mean, that shit had me in my feelings. Mm -hmm. So when he dropped KOD, it, it was kind of like, I felt like it was the same, same breath going Kendrick Lamar going from um to Pimp a Butterfly to Damn. Yeah. You Damn know? was such a good album. Bro. Right. It like... really was. And it was so emotional. Mm -hmm. And I think For Your Eyes Only was that way. And then KOD dropped and it wasn't the same energy, but it was a different J. Cole. Yes. And so I think he's only gonna go up. Uh -huh. Because, like you say, he realizes I, he can fit in any box, uh -huh. and he's going to work within that box, and then he's going to go to another box. Mm -hmm. You know, and that another box is another artist, different style, whatever. He's going to work that box, and then he's going to keep moving around. I think that's that's what's going to make his next albums. Yeah, great. I, I think he's I, he'll be more of a Jay Z than. Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. He's in a way better position than that. I feel like Kendrick Lamar will be like a, a, a advocate for peace kind of thing. I, I don't think he would stay within hip-hop um, because I feel like... I don't know what his deal is like with Top Dog, but I can't... I feel like his situation is more like, like a Tupac in a sense. Not saying that he's being held. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he's in good standing with them, but I don't feel like he has... I don't think he has the idea to move on. Well, well, never mind. That's really not like Tupac. But I don't feel like Kendrick Lamar has the idea to move on, starting up the label, to bring new artists to the table, kind of thing. And you know, I don't think he wants to. Because mm -hmm. uh, speaking of speaking of Top Dog, um, they they bring so, of course, uh, I was always you know Kendrick, you know, boom. But the other guy, I, I never really got got on to um, Black Hippie. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Absol, J Rock, Schoolboy Q. I never really got into them until one day I made myself listen 
to um I made myself listen to Schoolboy Q. This is when the studio came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this shit is banging. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, let me listen to J-Rock. And I was like, yo, this shit is better than studio. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to Absol. Absol is a monster. <sighs> Absol is the new cannabis. It's a little reach. Okay. Yeah. I'm only saying that because I remember reading an article about Absol battling on the internet, like typing. I remember being in the message boards and mm-hmm. those in the all hip hop ill community message boards when they were people battling like that, mm-hmm. like via just like typing words and just sending it out at the bar at the bar and people having to read your lyrics right. in order to get the bars. That's how I kind of related to cannabis with the whole cannabis being one of the first people to get the internet vibe going and shit mm-hmm. like that and I feel like sometimes Absol delivers like cannabis sorry Norman that's a bit reach for you um but uh and, and you know the thing about Top Dog so I don't think Kendrick is gonna go to another label because of course he's got he's got um Aftermath the Interscope behind him yeah but the thing with Top Dog have you heard Reason? I have um uh, why? Why he was a part of the the Dreamville um studio sessions yep. too? Um, I heard some of the stuff. He sings, right? No, he what raps. Did he, he raps. He was he was on Dreamville Festival. Yeah. I was listening. I was watching his interview with Rap Radar. Okay. Yeah, like a little like ten minute joint, and they was talking to him about that. Him, I think the fact that you got you know you got the Black Hippie Crew, you got all four of those guys. And with with TDE, they bring so much to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard, sir? Yes. Oh my God. He sings. He sings. Okay, that's all it is. Okay. Um, highly underrated. Mm-hmm. Highly underrated. But I think the fact that TDE brings in Isaiah Rashad, mm-hmm. her, and he kind of like. Fell to the wayside. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. I didn't even know he would be on the tour that they had a, a while back. Did that tour even? Yeah, it really went under the radar. Really went under the radar. Because I wanted to go. Yeah, like, I was amped. They to go. was in VA. Yeah, it, they did the whole tour, but I don't feel like it did enough. It didn't make enough noise. Like you, it was a solid tour, in my opinion. Yeah, it was definitely a solid tour. Because I was, I was gonna get tickets, and then next thing I, I was like, wait a minute, what, did that shit even happen? Mm-hmm. But I don't think Kendrick is gonna go anywhere because Top Dog brings so, so much mm-hmm. to the to the table, you know. Um, that's that we had Pusha T, if you know, you know. Recently, you discovered Pusha T's music. Yes. Uh, h- how is that for you? It's, I love it. Mm-hmm. Because you've been pushing Pusha T for shit, as long as I've known you. Yep, yep, yep. Two up, two down. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, of course, you, you know, you hear the, you hear the regular joints. It's like, oh, okay, clips, oh, okay, Pusha T. Mm-hmm. But I was in the gym. And I was playing, I had to, you know, the, and that's the thing I love about music nowadays with Google Play, Apple Play, whatever. You can hit the rate, the, the radio button mm-hmm. and it's going to bring in different music. Mm-hmm. That's how I found that song. Really? That's the only. It Shuffle. Just, Shuffles like, are great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that. that's why I hit you up. Like, bruh, I was literally in the gym with the stank face. Like, what the fuck am I listening to? Yeah. And that shit went so mm-hmm. fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going back seeing what I missed. Mm-hmm. You know. 
He had the niggas in Paris beat before uh, Hove. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. If you ever get a chance, listen to it's a Pusha T song produced by Hit Boy called My God. Okay. That actually is the the start of the the rift between him and Consequence. Consequence feel, felt like he stole that from him. Ooh. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you find that. Okay. Uh, and then um, next up we had Chance the Rapper, Kanye West. All we got. Mm-hmm. I f- do, do you feel like Chance the Rapper is able to be the uh, the follow up for Kanye? You feel like his heart? I feel uh, this is my opinion. I feel like Chance the Rapper heart is in music and in helping people as Kanye's was when Jesus Walks came out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we talking about old Kanye. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and the thing about it, Chance the Rapper is, mm, I'm not gonna say he's a great rapper, mm-hmm. but he the the energy he brings mm-hmm. and the fact that he's in the community, like I'm here, I'm helping. Let's fix this together. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's and that's exactly what people miss about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um. He was actually at the Virgil, um, I don't know how to pronounce the nigga last name, but the Virgil, the guy that's like the head at Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. he actually has a, 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 a museum. He's at the Museum of Contemporary Art of Chicago. He has like a pop-up there up until September. I'm trying to get there um, next month, okay. but it's two of them. He has one for the Louis Vuitton, it's a pop-up, and then he has like, the different things that he has for Chicago. So the off white, he's the guy behind off white. Okay. Um. So the off white and uh, he has this big fixture of Kanye West album Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty dope. He, it, it's just Kanye needs to be where people can see him and keep an eye on him. And realize where his heart is, cause that's that's. I remember with with Stacy, she's she's always skeptical of Kanye because it's you don't know where his heart is in this. You don't know if he's doing this for fame. You don't know if he's coming from a, a decent spot mm-hmm. in in the life, or is it just about him? Yeah, like so. And you know the it it. Uh, I think did we talk about this? When he was doing the Sunday service, yes, I felt that exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like here he is on the one hand, pretty much, you know, when he got on that TMZ shit, mm-hmm. it was you know everybody was like, "Yo, whose man's is this?" Mm-hmm. And then here he is, you know, and and then I kind of think him running with the Kardashian clan, you feel like he's in it for the money. But then when he did the Sunday service, on the one hand, you, you kind of wanted to believe that he was in it with his heart. But mm-hmm. then you're like, wait a minute, is he in it for the money? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is this another, is this another gig for you? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. Last song we got, Silk the Shocker and Jay-Z and Master P. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm about. Mm-hmm. You know what we about. How... How important was it for Jay Z to collaborate with Southern artists to have his career be what it is today? Mm. And 
was he one of the first people to jump on it early on, besides Noid? In the sense that this is Shaka's, I think, second album. He was on a Han remix. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I don't think it was that important. Mm-hmm. Um, musically or you know culturally, because everybody knew who Jay Z was and is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just two titans mm-hmm. of groups just coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, you had Jay-Z, you know, East Coast, you had Master P holding it down for the, for the South, mm-hmm. uh, you know, particularly, you know, Louisiana and all that. Um, I think it was, if they had never made that song, I think all of their careers would have still went on the same. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just, it was just something they did saying, hey, I am who I am. You are who you are. Let's just come together and do this. Mm-hmm. Not saying, all right, we have to do this to to spark something else. I think if they never did it, they'd have both been all right. Okay. Okay. Um I <laughs> I just thought it was that's that old hoe for that I don't give a fuck about this shit. Mm-hmm. I might really stop rapping today. Like yeah. but I'm gonna give you a good verse. Yeah. It's ninety nine, the ninety nine of hoe, so that's what, like volume three? Uh, volume three. Wait a minute. When was let's see. Volume one. I just volume love two. You was yeah, vo- volume three was around 99. the uh, two ninety nine two thousand. Okay, yeah. So yep. yeah, and that's that's my favorite hole. That's my favorite hole. Um, and in recent months, I started to like volume one a lot more. Mm-hmm. But volume three has always been my favorite Jay Z album. Um. Yeah. Um, was that the one with the uh, Serena Outshow intro, where he was on trial? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I like that. However, Millennium Flow. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I like Blueprint Three. Really? Yeah. That is rare. I love Blueprint. 3. Did you like Blueprint Two? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do without it. Yeah. I I like Blueprint Two. It was just a lot of, lot of, a lot of songs, a lot of fucking I, songs. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I really did because on the blue disc, which Kanye he did that he did that song under that name Rage something it was fucking weird. Um, I really did like that one because you had, of course, you had the you know the song he did with with Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um. The the Frank Sinatra song, mm-hmm. the last song, mm-hmm. um, I did it my way. I really like that one. But then on that blue disc, I mean on the black disc, when as one, that that song was alright. I liked the beat because it was a you know of course it was a Earth Wind and Fire sample, mm-hmm. but the heavy D, oh uh, Guns N' Roses, yes, you know man that song won me over because I'm like heavy D produced this like what. So I did like I did like Blueprint too, um, but for me Blueprint three, and then Volume three. I really did like Volume three, mm-hmm. um, and then of course the video with 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 Zab Judah. Uh, Jigga Kelly not go. Okay. No, 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 no. The one the one where he got sued by the cats in D.C. Um, huh? six a.m. 
I be digging out six fifteen. Oh, do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got sued. Yeah, cause the the Go Go song. There was a Go Go song. I don't know the name of it, but that was their that was their their. Oh, verse. six in the morning. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Shout out. Oh, um, uh, shout out to my niggas that fuck with Go Go. They trying to mute Go Go or mute DC or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 they, fuck that. Yeah, they settled um, that shit. Yeah, gentrify. I hate gentrification, yeah. man. Stop gentrification. Buy up your hood. Yeah, man. Buy a house. Buy the hood. block. Buy the block. You know what I'm saying, thank you, man. Any shouts before we go? Uh, yeah, definitely. I I gotta shout you out, man, for you know coming through and helping me on my podcast. I, you know, I I checked. I was like, holy shit, a bunch of people been listening. I think they came from your side. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, Cross market. Yeah. 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 Hey, we're going to make sure this works. Right. Got to shout out Kristen. You know what I'm saying? That's, I thought that heard this. That's the homie forever and ever. <laughs> you know, she keep us on our toes. <laughs> uh, let me see. Who else, man? Got to shout out just, just everybody who just, you know, plug in, you know. And uh, keep listening to his podcast. Check out my podcast. Mm-hmm. Or I like the way you put it. You you coined a new tor- a new term for me. A porn cast. <laughs> Yo, that was hard. That was fire. I was like, porn? I was, Pop, porn cast. I right. like that. I like that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to run with that. <laughs> yes, please do. Yes, uh, yes, porn yes. cast. Uh, yeah, let's check that out. So, um, how, how's the setup with releasing? Like, is that every week or? I'm doing them twice a month because okay. of my work schedule. Yeah. Um. So, I was doing them once a month, but now I'm doing them twice a month. So, let's see, we did it yesterday. Um, so probably week after next. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to do it like first part of the month, second part of the month, mm-hmm. and then uh, I got I got some shirts coming. Yeah. Um, got a couple other things coming. I think folks some some, some giveaways. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be wild, man. So uh, yeah, you know, shout out to everybody coming through on my shit. Shout out to you, you know, always. And um, man, shout out to Ant. I got I gotta go. See that dude. Ant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Shout out to Ant, bro. Ant just hit me up the other day. was telling me about how the Grizzlies got a new coach. Oh, man, we got a Another one? Another one. No. <laughs> Shout out to Golden State. I hope y'all win. I do not want the fucking... I want the Raptors to win. I just don't want Drake to be all fucking happy. <laughs> oh, you know I'm not a Drake fan. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to Drake sometimes. It's sometimes. Push in the room. I don't care. Yeah, uh, as you always end this, I'm back. Baltimore County Forever. Baltimore County Forever Day, August 4th. Come out. Yeah, it's going to be more geared to the kids this year. Let's have some fun, though. Uh, See y'all. Wait. No, no, I was going to say, I'm looking forward to that because I was supposed to go on vacation, and I was like, nope, I got to be back for Baltimore County Forever (laughs) Day. So I'm looking forward to that, Everybody and Gene's back on the motherfucking grill. So oh, y'all, y'all know what happened. Yeah, y'all know real. what happened that time. Yeah. Baltimore County forever.